Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Sweet Discernment. I'm your host, Sharian Shade. This has been a really big week, a lot of revelations, a lot of honesty, rawness, as some like to say, unfiltered accounts. And I think it's time that we do a little catch up on spares. So let's get into it. Sweet Discernment by Sharian Shade. So let's get started. I want to start by saying thanks to everyone who's been tuning into my podcast and my YouTube. I really appreciate it. Over here on Sweet Discernment, I get to look at things with a discerning view and we can get real. There are some things that are omitted um, or prohibited for me to say on YouTube and I have to omit them. But here I get to be a little bit more honest and raw with my accounts and my thinking and uh, just my dialogue in general. And so it's a lot more freeing to be here, but also we get to talk about a lot of things. So this week, Prince Harry released his long awaited autobiography spare. And by all accounts, it has not only met expectations, but it's definitely exceeded them. One of the reasons for that for me is because of how well it's written. I knew that it would be well-written, but I didn't realize it would be to this extent. I feel like the rawness of the emotion is one of those things that I didn't account for or even expect. And so to have a book like this, that's this honest, that's this forthright, um, this very detailed account, but also regardless of the amount of details, which there are a lot of them, it flows seamlessly from event to event to moment in time. He gives dates, he gives places, he names names. But most of all, there is accountability for all involved. One of the things that I've realized that he doesn't do is gloss over the sticky, the uncomfortable, the the maybe disconcerting, some things that may make him look bad. There's this awareness of self that's present in the book. And you see that build from young Harry to teen Harry, to young adult Harry, to man Harry. And you see this awareness build throughout the book. I won't release any spoilers here. Well, it's not spoilers at this point because the book is out. But what I will say is, overall, this is an amazing project. And I can see myself rereading this later down the road um, and revisiting. It's a really good read, but it's also an incredible listen. And I chose the audiobook to get started with my recaps. And then the um, physical copy came. And there is something about turning physical pages. So I'm actually going to, once I finish with the audiobook, turn some of those pages and read the book as well. But the reason I chose this topic here on my podcast this week is because, one, the book came out January 10th. I've been miss, missing it. I've been looking forward to it um, since I first found out about it. But in addition to that, it's wildly successful. And so many people kind of wrote off Harry and Meghan as these like one trick ponies. They're sobbing and telling a sad story and blah, blah, blah. And what is actually unveiled in this book is them telling the truth. It's not a sob story. It's a truthful account of what happened. It's a documented historical account of what happened because this is history in addition to that so many people wrote them off because so many people are loyal to a monarchy that probably doesn't see them as real people <laughs> and I'm going to leave that there so that I don't offend anybody but I'm going to tell you this I'm not dying on a hill of an estate that wouldn't let me in the gate now contrary to what so many people wanted to believe and say about spare 
it actually is very successful. It broke a number of records. So according to CNN and the New York Times, Prince Harry set a record with his tell-all memoir. After the English language version sold more than 1.4 million copies in its first day of publication. Quote, the first full day of sales of Spare represents the largest first day sales total for any nonfiction book ever published by Penguin Random House and the world's largest trade publisher. Random House also said the first U.S. printing of Harry's memoir was two million copies. And now the book has, quote, gone back to press for additional copies to meet the demand. To put sales of Spare in context, President Barack Obama's 2020 memoir, quote, A Promised Land, sold 887,000 copies in all formats on its first day in the U.S. and Canada, breaking records at the time for the book's publisher, Crown, an imprint of Penguin Random House. So it's a global success. But a lot of people are, are trying to reach at this point, and it's clear that the royal family, in my opinion, seems to be grasping for straws. So... One of the things I've noticed ever since I started covering the royals, one of the things I've noticed is that they essentially play dress up. And I knew that they did things for appearances beforehand. But to this extent, it's very funny. So it, it, it's almost like just a bunch of big kids playing make believe. And so they do these staged photo ops allegedly when they want to convey something they'll intentionally be seen driving somewhere with a certain facial expression so that the papers can say look they're thinking of this or they're doing this or on their way here amid recent scandal and I just find it to be really comical once the curtain is pulled back it's very comical <laughs> I'm not trying to be insulting it's just kind of like Okay, if that's what you want to do with your life, feel free, friend. But are you not ashamed? So I think they were just intimidated by someone coming in wanting to do the real work. Recently, the New York Post mm, posted a story. And the one of the captions is, A stony-faced Kate Middleton was photographed for the first time since the release of her rogue brother-in-law, Prince Harry's bombshell memoir, in which he painted the Prince and Princess of Wales as bullies. Middleton, 41, appeared stern but stoic at the wheel of her black Audi on Wednesday wearing a scarf and a beige coat. Now, <clears throat> this made me laugh because... When people are in their cars, why would they be sitting there smiling? Why would they be grinning? Why? Why would that be something they're doing? Are you not calm in the face when you're driving? Are you stony face? Like they're trying to find a way to like bring up the story. They want to bring up Prince Harry and Spare, but they don't want to say like, y'all, this book is good. Like they got to have some kind of hateration and holleration in the, in the dancery. So they had to make it seem like Kate was sad amid her rogue brother-in-law. They also went on to say the Princess of Wales ugh, was reportedly appalled by the endless claims in the book. She is appalled at him for dragging her name through the dirt and is finding it hard to forgive, a source told us. And now we know, which we always knew, but now we have it confirmed, that ain't nobody but Kate. <laughs> she said that. And another part about this article is that it refers to Prince Harry as an exiled royal family member, and he is not exiled, not by any means. 
So I found that to be wally inaccurate. And I thought a publication like the New York Post should know better than to print very inaccurate facts. But as I'm coming to learn, the things that I assumed were common and ethical in journalism are not. So I just thought that little moment was kind of funny because... They're they're up to their old shenanigans again. They don't know any other way to operate. Now, see, here's the thing. They'll throw a rock and hide their hands because they welcomed him to this battle royale, <laughs> no pun intended, um, on the public mean streets of the media. And now when he's finally hit back, and not even hit back at them, he's calling out the source of the media in general, just the platform of the media in general and their ethical or, not, excuse me, non-ethical ways of operating. The royal family is taking that personally. Now ask yourself, why on earth would the royal family take it personally that Harry wants more accountability in the media? <laughs> I think uh, I think that's a telltale. So anyway, another thing I wanted to talk about is a few developments from this week that I wanted to address here on my podcast and not on YouTube. But it can be very frustrating being a creator and a lot of other creators have reached out to me <clears throat> at different times when they've had this experience and they've reached out to me when they realized I was having this experience. But sometimes being a creator on a platform like YouTube or if you're an influencer on Instagram or whatever, a streamer on Twitch, whatever you do on the internet space, you are a normal person a civilian, a regular person, you're not a celebrity. Oftentimes, I can't speak for everyone, but I am not rich. But because you know that people know who you are in some way, my platform is still very tiny. But because some people know who you are, there's an assumption that people can talk to you any kind of way. And it's almost like people don't see you as a person behind whatever you do online. And it is very frustrating. It it takes me back to when women wear certain types of clothes, their comment section has a certain type of energy. And that is of no consequence of the person who posted the image. That's all about the person leaving the comment. And it's the same on YouTube. Now, I have been very public and very honest about my issues with some of the comments on YouTube. And just like Prince Harry said, Prince Charles told him, just ignore it. Yes, ignore trolls, but it can be hard to ignore when it is fervent and aggressive and at times crosses a very real line. One of the things that really pissed me off this week was the accusation by two particular people that I was ruining Spare, Prince Harry's autobiography, because on the day it was released that night, we reviewed half of part one of the book. There are three parts. Each section has about 80 to 87 chapters. And so we reviewed the first 50 chapters of part one in a premiere live video together with proper notice in the byline. Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. If you've read this far in the book, let's recap it together. Um, and one of the best things about the recap and all of the recaps that have now been posted so far is we talk about some things in the book, but we don't go into explicit detail. It's more so bringing up the subject matter addressed in the book and then giving my opinion on it or my revelation that, oh, I didn't know this or, hey, I just learned this or whatever. It's a discussion, much like you would do in a book club. But it in no way spoiled the book because, one, the book was already out. So it wasn't like I leaked the book early. It was about 10 hours after the book's release. 
and we didn't even talk about anything beyond the first 50 chapters. Not only that, because there is proper documentation on the video that was posted, which said spoilers, here's the content, here's the subject matter we'll be addressing. I gave all that information up front. The thumbnail clearly showed what we would be share, what we would be talking about. Even so, people got upset saying I spoiled the book. And one of the things that came to mind, and I have to remember, sometimes I assume I'm talking to the adults in the room and it's children in adult bodies. But one of the things that ticked me off is because they compared me to someone who just leaked the audiobook online and not leaked the audiobook, but got the audiobook and just played it in a video on TikTok. And I believe it got removed. I didn't see it. I didn't hear that, but I knew the story because everyone was talking about it, which is not anywhere near what I did. Also, when I posted my episode, the book was already out and it had been out for quite some time. And I intentionally didn't go too far ahead because I paced the segment. I segmented out my recaps months ago when I found out about the book. I decided how I was going to recap it. And I segmented it out to do a, a recap over time so that we could gradually recap the book in videos that came out in the frequency that would align with a normal pace of reading. Now, some people, my first video, they had already finished the book. <laughs> I don't read that fast and I don't listen that fast. So I was there was no way I was going to get that far. But we're supposed to be recapping this book over a two-week span after its release. And we're only sharing short segments at a time, not going into detail. And my video was 32 minutes long. Well, the first 50 chapters was about a three and a half to four hour listen. There's no damn way I can take everything from, from what I heard and put it into a 32-minute video. So that was already really frustrating. And again, I'm like, why are you letting yourself get frustrated by this? Talk to the adults in the room because the, the adults in the room know better. And my comment section definitely highlighted that. Out of, the, out of all, like, was it 150 comments that I had at that point? only two people said this really ridiculous thing. You're ruining the book. And someone even said, you're ruining people's experience. And my whole thing is, as long as I properly address the video, as long as I put what's needed in the comment section, or not in the comments, but in the description box, in the title, in the thumbnail, I'm fully showing you, hey, this is what we're discussing and there will be some spoilers. And I'm not even, I'm omitting a lot of it. I'm only sharing the parts that kind of caught me by surprise and to share like what the flow of the book is at that point. But in addition to all that, because I'm making you aware and in, in how it's published, you have the free will to click on whatever you want to listen to, which also means you have the free will not to click on things that don't make sense for you. I also intentionally waited 10 minutes into the video before I revealed anything because I repeatedly said, again, we're discussing the first 50 chapters of Spare. If you haven't gotten this far and you don't want to hear anything, click out and come back. I said that multiple times. In addition to that, the reason I posted when I did is because that's always when I post my recaps of content the same day. The goal is for people who watch it early or read it early or listen to it early, they have something to come back to to start their discussions because it's fun that way. But for those who might not, they can click on the video anytime they want. Because I post something 
And I'm not tricking anyone into listening to something they weren't ready for. You're fully aware of what's in the video. Because I posted doesn't mean you have to listen right then. If that were the case, then yes, I would ruin people's experience because if I'm posting something you have no way of turning away from, then I am ruining your experience because I'm forcing you. But the great part about YouTube is that you can listen and watch and click whenever, however, and on whatever the hell you want. And so those two people, typically I just block people and eventually those two assholes were blocked. But that really annoyed me because one of the things that I feel I'm still working through is getting triggered by people's entitlement. Above all else, how dare you go to someone's platform and tell them what they should and should not post versus making a decision based on what you know for yourself. You can even share with other people. I don't listen to that channel or I don't listen to that podcast because of X, Y, Z. But the fact that you thought in your picklehead ass brain that you could click on my video and say, oh, this is not something I'm ready to watch because I haven't read the book. Let me tell Sherry in that is crazy to me. I'm not responsible for anyone but my schnauzer. And even then, he has free will. It is your choice what you listen to, what you watch, and what you consume. Now, if I had leaked the book in its entirety, if even then that would have been over the line, despite the book already having been out. But if I had leaked it early, gotten a page out of the book and shared it, if I had done something that, could have ruined the book's integrity, then I get that. But as with Harry and Meghan on Netflix, with The Bench, with um, the Together Cookbook, all the articles that is released that are released about them, with all Archwell, um, I mean Archetypes podcast, the same day the content comes out, I recap it properly address it and properly note on the thumbnail what is being discussed so that my viewers, the adults in the room, can make an informed decision. And that's all I'm responsible for. And it annoyed me even more because of how successful the book is that someone accused me of ruining their experience as if they had no choice but to watch my video. So because they put their choices in my hands, I made a choice for them. I blocked them and their little friend as well. Because at the end of the day, if you follow me, you know me well enough than to pull some bullshit like that. So, <laughs> but I wanted to talk about that here because that was really a frustrating moment because it wasn't a troll. I have gotten to the point where I don't even see trolls as people. I see them as little hermits typing away with their fucking barely opposable thumbs on their little Mac from 1998 mad at the world. So I don't even acknowledge them. But when it's people like the person who I almost named them, but I'm trying not to be an asshole, who follows me and has been following me for a year to kind of go on a tirade in my comment section, shocking. And then afterwards, left a response saying, well, it seems like you're mad. There's no reason to be mad and put in a scripture. Well, let me tell you this. You should have read that scripture before you decided to talk to me out of the side of your neck. So... This is just a word to the wise, or as I should say, the unwise. Before you go to someone else's channel, consider if it's 
if it's your choice to consume it or not. And if it is, then I wouldn't give my feedback if it's, if it's something I myself can prevent. Before I leave a comment telling someone to change how they do something, like I don't like your intro, I don't like that you touch your hair, I don't like all those things. Don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> because you're not entitled to it. You are probably, if you have the impulse to do that, it typically means you are lacking authority in some area of your life. You're feeling mowed over or some, in some way oppressed or disrespected or not considered. And so you go and impose your need for authority on random people on the internet by telling them your intro is too long. I don't want to see that many videos of you. You know the best way to cure that? Go follow someone you like. Because I personally don't care why you don't like me. Reading this book, Spare, really helped me to put into perspective the type of people I hate and I have to deal with. When Prince Harry was talking about how invasive some people were, how the paparazzi tried to provoke him, it just reminded me that on all levels, no matter who you are and what you are, no matter how successful, how rich, how elite you may be, people will always have the audacity to be dumb. And it sucks when that crosses over into your life. But hey, it does. So that was a really frustrating moment from this week. But again, I can't ruin something that you have free will to consume. Again, let me say that. I, have, I can't ruin something that you have free will to consume. And by providing proper documentation, I'm providing you the opportunity to make an informed decision. Beyond that point, it's up to you, darling. That brings me to my next point. So many people feel they can treat you any kind of way, speak to you any kind of way, do anything to you. And then they also feel they have the authority to manage your reaction. One of the first things people have always done to me is they'll cross a line. I'll let it be known that this is a boundary. They'll do something egregious. I'll respond in kind and say, hey, I'm not cool with that. And what has always seemed to happen is people be like, it's just a joke or you're being too sensitive or lighten up. And I'm gonna give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes it is just a joke. Sometimes you are in a good mood and some people aren't in a good mood. It could very well be that. But I wanna remind people, it's not up to you to determine what someone else's limits are. If someone else says, I don't or I do like this thing, it's not up to you to make those adjustments. Sure, you can share your opinion, but at the end of the day, because how free will is set up, they can make those choices on their own. One of the things I actually hate to say, I hate to hear is, it was just a joke. Because at the end of the day, if you have to say that, it's clear that whatever you said or did didn't come off as a friendly joke. And as my mom likes to say, if people aren't laughing or having fun, then it wasn't a joke. If the subject of the joke isn't laughing, it wasn't a joke. You have to know people in a certain manner before you can go certain depths with them. And that is always more apparent to me when people cross boundaries and they lean back on, it was just a joke. Okay, well, again, I'm asserting my boundary here. Maybe you didn't recognize it, but now I'm letting you know. Anything beyond this point, I know full well you're, you have an understanding and that it was intentional. And so many people don't like that. 
They don't like to feel managed. Meanwhile, they lack impulse control and can't manage themselves because if they could, they likely wouldn't be in hot water. And so I'm speaking on this today just because there just seems to be an overall lack of accountability in society. People want to be places and tell you, oh, can you turn your music down in your headphones because I can hear it? People want to be places that are supposed to be quiet and pull out their cell phone like the movies or people who come to the movies with newborns. There's so many people that like to take up space and impose themselves on others, but they still expect others not to have a reaction or a response to it. I can be as outlandish, as disrespectful as I want to. But if you say something about it, you're wrong. And now I'm the injured party. It's kind of the same thing with the royal family and Prince Harry. We can treat you however we want to treat you your entire life. Put your brother in this palatial estate and put you in the damn basement. Living under the stairs would have been a step up. Meanwhile, we don't want you to share your account. First, they didn't want him to complain. Now, Harry followed a very standard route to seeking, I would say, justice or retribution. When he realized there was a problem, he wrote a letter. He worked his way up through the chain of command. He pleaded with the chain of command. He tried using creative solutions. He tried to appeal to their sense of humanity and common sense. And when none of those things worked, he removed himself seems like a pretty solid ladder to climb to me it's a great ladder for conflict resolution and then when he left they continued they continued they continued they continued when he reached back out and said please stop when he reached out to to remediate things through one-on-one -on -one conversation phone calls letter writing what have you when they tried to hash things out his abusers not only had no plans of listening they had no plans of working things out what they planned on was berating him into submission. And that's a very common trait of an abuser, a habitual line stepper, as Charlie Murphy would say. For people who don't want to be corrected, you gotta hold yourself accountable. Some people lack empathy. I know people who literally say, I've never been there so I didn't understand. And that's always baffled me because you don't have to experience every single thing in the world to recognize wrong. Do you? Do you? I remember someone crossing a line with me and making a very rude and nasty joke. And when I flipped out on them and said, well, actually, I didn't flip out. I responded in kind. And I said, that is absolutely over the line. I do not appreciate that. They said, I'm sorry. I don't know how to joke with girls. My son would have thought that was funny. So I don't know how to joke with girls. And I thought, what a dumb thing to say because I'm a person and my vagina wasn't yelling at you. I was because your joke was directed at me and it was crossing a line. And instead of blaming it on my reproductive parts and my gender, why not look inward and say, hey, I didn't intend to harm you. Could you explain to me why that was offensive? But too many people want to omit the retribution part, the remediation part, the accountability part. Too many people want to bypass that. They want a quick fix and they want you to make them comfortable while they sit in the disrespect and you sit there feeling offended. But they want you to be offended and quiet. Shh.
could you not step out of line? Could you could you tiptoe around my feelings the way I stomped on yours? It's insane to me. I would never go to another channel and tell them what to do. You want to know what I will do? I'll go to the channel and if I see something I don't like, I stop watching. I follow a channel that has damn near a million subscribers at this point. And I've been following this person for years. And my channel is nowhere near that. I don't think I'll ever hit, I'll probably never pass 100,000. I kind of know what my what my uh, um, goals are and I know what a reasonable expectation is for my channel, but also like the longevity wise. And I'm okay with that. Um, this year, my goal is 25,000 subscribers. I would love that. And then next year, it'll be 50. But one of the channels I follow with damn near a million subscribers started posting hateful Megan posts. It started off at first as a, did you guys notice this? Did you guys hear this? I'm wondering this about Megan. And it is not my job to manage people's feelings on Megan Markle. No, it's not. But I look at what's beyond that because I'm never going to agree with everyone on everything. And people I love and know, we disagree all the time and that's okay. We can have a difference of opinion. But my question is the why, because I feel like once we have the why, I can know I can make an informed decision as to where your disdain for someone is coming from. And when it's a character issue, I don't align with that. Nor will I align with the abuse of a person online for no reason in any form of abuse. But she started posting really nasty things about Megan and it started to teeter on. I know this is a hot topic and I get a lot of money for being an ass wipe to this woman. You're part of the racist media campaign. And you're a black woman and you don't have to like Megan, but at least the reasons you don't like Megan should be justifiable. They should at least have common sense. You could say, you know what? I got beat up one time by somebody with dark black hair and a beautiful smile. And she just reminds me of that person. Okay. It don't make sense, but at least you gave me a reason. But when you hit me with that, it's just something about her. That's interesting to me, but it's also a no go. So instead of reaching out to that creator and saying, hey, you're an a-hole for talking about someone who's been globally abused and it's unfair and blah, blah, blah. And I went through the whole thing. Instead of doing that shit, guess what I did? Guess what I did, y'all? It's radical and it's creative and it's probably never been done before. I am the first person. I unsubscribed. I know. I know. Magic. I have another creator who posted intentional lies about a celebrity, about Beyonce. I love Beyonce. I'm a huge fan. I always have been. I've been listening to Beyonce since the 90s. Second Nature by Destiny's Child is an iconic, perfect song, and I won't hear anything else. Now, <clears throat> now we got the pleasantries out of the way. Somebody was posting lies about Beyonce saying she was the devil. Now, usually I just laugh at that because I'm like, of all the things to be, if I had a whole lot of power and I could be any being, I too would want to be Beyonce. <laughs> so, <laughs> but part of me feels like the devil's got other business to take care of than trying to sing a damn good song and hit a good riff. So I'm listening to this and she's going on about how Beyonce has devil 
and demonic symbolism in her music and in her videos. Meanwhile, most of the stuff that she's posting is actually referenced to like religious symbols and church symbols. And I'm looking at this like it's interesting and how ironic because your ass clearly haven't been to church if you didn't realize this. But in addition, to say that about someone is just harmful. It's derogatory. It's nasty. And it's not the kind of energy I want to welcome into my life. Instead of going to her channel and saying, hey, I don't appreciate the things you said about Beyonce. I unsubscribed. Now, would it be great for me to have a billion and one subscribers? Hail to the yes. But do I understand that quality is much better than quantity? Yet again, hail to the yes. And what I found is that the majority of Sussex Squad and, and Harry and Meghan supporters and American Harry and Meghan supporters and UK Harry and Meghan supporters, even New Zealand Harry and Meghan supporters, they all kind of operate on the same consensus. Just have some common sense. <laughs> because something tells me they wouldn't be supporters of Harry and Meghan if they lacked that. And so even they detest those extremists who nitpick Harry and Meghan's support channels. And instead of supporting positive reporting on Harry and Meghan, they do what they can to shut them down through negative and derogatory comments. They actually spam channels that claim to be in alignment with their interests. Now, I know a great deal of these people are derangers who are posing. But there are some people who feel like I can gatekeep the supporters of people that I don't know. And so instead of focusing their attention on people, <laughs> I won't name his name, but he seems to think he can understand body language. Instead of policing those channels who are actually doing harm and spreading lies. And I cannot wait for the long arm of the Archwell legal team to reach that man. But in addition, they come here working against the grand entrance uh, interest. Now, if they had constructive criticism, that's a very different thing. But the fact that some people feel like I can gatekeep who supports Harry and Meghan and how they support Harry and Meghan is insane to me. And you're part of the problem. So I'm glad that the majority, practically all of the people who subscribe to my channel operate with the same belief that common sense is valuable. <laughs> And I often refer to people who watch my channel as the adults in the room, the people with common sense. And honestly, before I even respond to a lot of that, people have already pointed out their lacking. But it just needed to be talked about this week because it was particularly tough this week. Doing something that I love for people that I really enjoy to support people that I really like. It's supposed to be fun. I work hard to be accurate. I work hard to make my timing is make sure my timing is considerate. Everything down to the name of each video and the thumbnail. I consider the people who are going to watch it. And I have their best interest at heart. So to be in the face of really nasty allegations and accusations, I can say this, I never thought it would happen to me. But it did. And I survived it. Now, I will say my block my block button, I think it's broken. And the thumb that I use on that block button is whittled down like an eraser on a pencil, y'all. It's a nub now, but it worked. And I just want people to operate, especially in this year, 2023, when there are very real problems going on, I want people to operate with the knowing that they have autonomy. 
and their free will cannot be taken from them. I am not your oppressor because everything you consume from me. So if you out there are dealing with the same problem, just know that my heart is with you because it is very frustrating and it sucks sometimes being the adult in the room. And sometimes we just have to know that we're operating on a different plane and some people choose to be obtuse and we can't control it, but damn it, sometimes it's annoying. So, <laughs> but before I get out of here, I want to say a big congrats to Prince Harry for the success of Spare. Freaking well-deserved. He did an amazing job. I love the book. I'm going to be rereading it. I'm excited to be recapping it on my channel, Sherry and Sade on YouTube. And um, it's great that my Patreon members got it early. <laughs> I got some thanks for, for recapping it and posting it early on Patreon. Um, but anyway, if you're dealing with that, I'm so sorry. But good job for him for writing such an amazing book. I actually would love to see a movie at this point. Like for real, for real. I know that uh, Lifetime has movies, but I want another movie. Netflix, reach out to Prince Harry and see what y'all can do. Well, y'all already in connection. <laughs> Watch Live to Lead. So anyway, that's all I've got for you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode of Sweet Discernment, where we look at topics every week with a discerning eye. I'm your host, Sherry and Sade, and I will see you next Friday. Bye.